0: Hi, Stuart Garry here. We've only got one episode of Space Time this week, because we've got lots of workers and technicians around hammering away and screwing things and checking to make sure the lights are flashing at the right sequence and all that sort of stuff. It'll be nice when it's finished, but it's really disruptive at the moment. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to let you know about a new podcast. It's from the folks at Live Science, and it's called Life's Little Mysteries. Join host Mindy Wiesberger and Gina Bryner from Live Science, as they give you the lowdown on all the things big and small that make you truly wonder about the world around you. Topics range from what dogs dream about when they're sleeping to volcanoes and how scientists know when one's about to erupt. They even investigate why eating fries taste so bad when they're cold. It's all that fun science stuff you've ever wondered about. In this clip, you'll hear Mindy and Gina talk about the mysteries of the ocean, from how salty it is to just how much of it is still undiscovered. And while you're listening, be sure to search for and subscribe to Life's Little Mysteries in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever your favorite podcast app is. Anyway, I think you're going to enjoy it. Give it a listen to, see what you think.
1: Hello, and welcome to Life's Little Mysteries with Live Science. I'm Gina Briner, editor and chief of Live Science. And I'm Mindy Weisberger,
2: a Senior Writer at Live Science. The world can be a pretty mysterious place, and we at Live Science love to ask and answer questions about mysteries big and small, about ancient civilizations, our planet and solar system, the plants and animals that live alongside us, our bodies and how they work, and technologies that we use every day. In
1: today's episode of Life's Little Mysteries, we'll take a closer look at one of the most mysterious environments on our planet, the ocean. So what makes the ocean so mysterious? Well, there's there's a lot of it. Um, it uh, it covers the
2: ocean covers seventy percent of Earth. Uh, the average depth is about twelve thousand feet, but the deepest part, uh, which is Challenger Deep in the Western uh, Pacific Ocean in the Mariana Trench, is thirty six thousand two hundred feet deep. So there's a lot of ocean, and and according to NOAA, ninety five percent of the ocean is unexplored, and about ninety one percent of all the species that live in the ocean are still to be classified.
1: And the oceans are important. Actual life on Earth began in the oceans. All complex forms of terrestrial life that live on land now, including us, originated in the oceans and evolved over hundreds of millions of years.
2: So Right. So on, on top of all the species that have lived in the oceans and are now extinct and the species that live in the oceans now that we don't even know about, all of life on, on land again life that is life that is around now and life that uh, is no longer around Everything came from the oceans. That was the starting point for all life on Earth. Which
1: is interesting because conditions in the ocean can be quite extreme.
2: Yes. So this is another um, of the big mysteries about the ocean is that there are parts of the ocean where the conditions there are just so extreme that it seems like no life could survive there at all. So the deeper you go in the ocean, as you, as you go farther and farther down from the surface, ocean pressure increases about 14 pounds per square inch. About every 33 feet. So by the time you get to around 3,000 feet below the surface, most organisms that have gas-filled spaces in their bodies, you know, such as such as lungs, uh, those would be completely crushed. And in fact, marine biologists, when they do uh, when they do missions to uh, the deep ocean, uh, often what they do is uh, we've written about this at Live Science. They they decorate styrofoam cups and styrofoam objects, and uh, and they bring them down because what happens is that as they go deeper and deeper, the pressure crushes all the air out of the styrofoam and then when they go back up to the surface they have these beautifully decorated objects that are squished down really Tiny really small
1: and yeah. very twitter friendly yeah and very twitter friendly yes there was
2: a there was a popular twitter hashtag uh Last year, I think, where marine biologists yeah. were sharing all of the, all of the objects that they brought down to the deep sea. And, uh, but it's not just the pressure in the deep ocean. It's also
1: dark and very cold. Uh, it can below 650 feet, which is deep, but the Mariana Trench goes down over 36,000 feet. Average temperatures are 39 degrees. Right. And, so that's, and, and there's also extremes. You know, it's a very it can get very cold and it can also get very hot. Right. Instance. Right. They're also right. There are also parts of
2: the ocean where you get these just blasts, these jets of uh, of extremely superheated water so these are and these are hydrothermal vents uh, and they've been known about since uh since 1977 right right and uh they form in uh volcanically active seafloor regions so you know so you've got these volcanoes that are under the ocean floor
1: and they're spitting out all this mineral rich sulfur minerals all these different i guess nutrients basically that some extreme life forms can use down there and microbes convert those minerals into food and they process it it's, it's something called chemosynthesis right so around these these
2: hydrothermal vents so they're spewing up water that's, you know, that's, that's uh, heated up to 750 degrees Fahrenheit. And so you would think that, you know, it's down at the bottom of the ocean, so really high pressure, super cold, except for these jets of extremely hot water that are coming out. And you'd think, okay, well, you know, no life could live down there. But around these hydrothermal vents are actually these these thriving communities that are very uh, that are very diverse. And so and these microbes that you were talking about what they do is they convert the minerals that come out of these jets of water into nutrients that are then eaten by animals and uh, animals around the hydrothermal vents, and then those animals are eaten by other animals. So there are these these very uh, these very um, these biodiverse communities that are actually surviving in these very
1: very extreme environments. And when when scientists have gone down there on to hydrothermal vents on uh, remotely operated vehicles, they've seen these, and they're just these crazy fantastical looking ecosystems that, Mm -hmm. you know, different colors and giant tube worms. So they're pretty amazing places. And not only are they cool to look at, but scientists think that by studying them, they can identify similar processes, similar environments on other worlds that could support life. Right. Because
2: some of this, um, you know, some of the uh, mixture of these conditions around hydrothermal vents, these are conditions that might also exist on other worlds. So by better understanding what it is that creates these, you know, these little deep sea, uh, little deep sea communities and how they can survive down there, that can give scientists ideas for what to look for in extreme environments on other worlds.
1: So there's plenty of mysteries in the ocean, in the so vast many, ocean. So many, mysteries. But
2: one thing that we do know that is true about all oceans is that they're salty. And most, you know, lakes,
1: lakes and rivers are freshwater, but, um, but oceans are salty. It seems like such a simple question. Why is the ocean salty? You know, it's, it's like, why is the sky blue? But when I sit back to think about it, or, or I bet a lot of people, if they sat back and thought about why is the ocean salty, they might not know the answer. So
2: why is the ocean salty? So there are, there are a lot of mineral salts in the ocean, and uh, this includes sodium, chloride, Sulfate, magnesium, calcium, potassium, bicarbonate, bromide, and all of these minerals originate in, or the majority of them originate in, rocks on land. And then what happens is these minerals and these rocks are broken down by acids and rain. They are carried into uh, into uh, into rivers, and then rivers bring this uh, bring all of this into the uh, all this water and all these minerals into the ocean.
1: If, if all, th- all these minerals are flowing into the river, why aren't rivers salty and oceans are? Well, some some rivers some rivers actually are salty in parts or
2: salty-ish. So there are these sort of transitional zones Brackish Brackish environments right estuaries yes. so in ecosystems there are ecosystems that are built around uh, the regions where when rivers start getting start getting close to to the ocean you start getting these uh, you know these these brackish environments that are kind of a mix of freshwater and saltwater so they're a little salty but they're not as salty as the ocean but what but rivers no but rivers in general rivers are not are not salty and the reason the reason why is because rivers are replenished. By rain, fresh water. So as rivers flow, these, you know, these, they're carrying these minerals away into the ocean, depositing them in the ocean. And meanwhile, they're getting more fresh water exactly. coming in from rain and, and runoff. Exactly. And what, but what happens is that after the river water with carrying all these minerals flows into the ocean, over time, water evaporates, but the minerals don't go anywhere. They stay there and they just keep concentrating and concentrating. So, in fact, the oceans on, on, you know, Earth when Earth was young were probably only slightly salty, but over billions of years, the mineral deposits have become more concentrated, which causes varying degrees of saltiness, but which leaves all oceans distinctively salty. And about how salty are oceans on Earth? Well, the concentration of salt in seawater is about 35 parts per thousand on average. So to put it another way, about 3.5% of the weight of
1: seawater comes from dissolved salts. So rivers can carry about 4 billion tons of dissolved salts into the ocean every year. So they're constantly dumping these salts into the ocean while they're getting replenished. And the oceans, while huge are salty from this. Right, right. So, I mean, just, just to put that into perspective, just in, in the U.S. alone,
2: about 225 million tons of dissolved solids and 513 million tons of sediment are carried into the ocean every year from rivers and streams, just in, just
1: in the U.S. And let's say we were to extract all of that salt. I'm, I'm assuming that would be a lot of salt. Let's let's yeah let's let's think about that if we want to visualize
2: what it would look like if we pulled all of the salt out of the ocean and just you know spread it out in front of us what that would look like. So according to some estimates if the ocean salt could be extracted and spread evenly over earth's land surface then that layer would measure more than 500 feet thick. And that's that's about as tall as a 40 story office building. Which is amazing amount of salt. I'm just right now, I'm just picturing the New York skyline with the, oh, all these too. buildings that are just buried in, in hills and layers of salt. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh,
1: well, yeah, beautiful and very salty. <laughs> Join us on this exciting voyage of discovery and downright weirdness as we explore Life's Little Mysteries. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts,
2: Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on new episodes. Life's Little Mysteries is produced in conjunction with Audioboom as part of their Audio Boom Originals Network.